Welcome to Press Pass with the Editor on Circus Voices Network, brought to you by Circus Talk News. This is Kim Campbell. I'm the editor of Circus Talk News, and welcome. If you're new to the show, this monthly news-based podcast will revolve around the circus and performing arts industry and provide front row access to what's happening around the performance world. We have a lot in store for this particular episode, so hang on. Here we go. In news last month, I have a few updates for you. Circus Harmony released a new interactive circus cookbook. The recipes will be accompanied by videos of students performing circus renditions of cooking to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the St. Louis shutdown. Many of the recipes are actual dishes that are well-loved by Circus Harmony members. We asked founder Jessica Hentoff if the idea was inspired by the food-centric Seven Fingers show, Cuisines and Confessions, and she replied, The cookbook wasn't inspired by Cuisine and Confessions, although that is one of my favorite shows of all time, and we did share it with our students, along with some other food-inspired circus videos when we were preparing. Motivation is hard in the middle of a pandemic. When we asked our students what motivated them, there was a unanimous agreement that food is a great motivator. Also, during the pandemic, all our families have been cooking more. Thus, the Circus Harmony Interactive Cookbook was born. That's a cool idea. Cirque du Soleil's O is set to reopen in Las Vegas in July, says the Las Vegas Review-Journal. After that, Cirque is hoping to continue to reopen shows over the course of the rest of the year. The show would still run with reduced capacity and social distancing guidelines. In Ireland, the Irish Times reports that the Arts Council has announced they intend to invest 46 million euros in order to keep key performing arts organizations alive. The funding will be focusing on circus, the performing arts, and spectacle. This is the Arts Council's largest ever grant. The grant money focuses on investing in circus, street theater, and spectacle, with Galway Community Circus receiving just under 176,000 euros. Under its plan to invest more in festivals, too, Cork Midsummer Festival will receive 350,000 euros, and Carlo Arts Festival will receive 255,000 euros, among other organizations to benefit. In Circus Talk News... In our efforts to support circus professionals, we opened up a new pro space page for our pro subscribers to foster conversation, connection, and development. In the pro space, we'll offer practical tools and resources that are specific to our industry. What's our method? We offer pro talks and learn from the pros. Pro talks are live virtual events led by industry influencers that give you the opportunity to gain insight from the experts and to enhance your career. Pro Talks are free for pro members and are available for basic membership levels for $12 per event. There's also Learn from the Pro series. This is where our network of circus innovators and mentors center their interviews, panels, and roundtable discussions on hot-button issues and share their practical knowledge with colleagues and you. We currently have five such series underway. Think Like an Acrobat with Shanae Stiletto, The Three R's with Matthew Jessner, 363 Degrees Circus Through a Holistic Lens with Stacey Clark, Circus Bodies by Madeline Hoke, and one as yet untitled surprise series, which will be released soon. This past week, we launched the aforementioned Learn from the Pro series titled 360 Degrees, Circus Through a Holistic Lens with Stacy Clark. Stacy's first guest was circus coach Sarah Poole. Sarah teaches aerial disciplines at Ecole Nationale de Cirque in Montreal, and she also works with the major circus artists around the world. 
Stacy's series is really cool because it delves into her holistic philosophy of coaching and she works with really highly skilled athletes and artists. So if you're a pro member on Circus Talk, you should check it out. And if you'd like to know more about the show, give a listen to my podcast with Circus Voices, the latest one, Audio Explorations with the Editor, where I interviewed Stacy about her three C's. And that was published a few weeks ago on Circus Talk and all of the podcasting networks. For more details and access to these events and programs, you can also check out circustalk.com slash prospace. In March, Circus Talk's journalism intern, Lydia Nord, reported on our blog about how the Jersey City Times interviewed Circus Talk's founder, Andrea Honus, in an article for their In Our Midst segment. Lydia explained how the piece highlights the resiliency of the circus world and the importance of global communication. The interview touches on her background, her relationship with circus, and the origin of Circus Talk. We're proud to share her story. Another cool thing about it is that Andrea also tied in the local circus scene, spotlighting circus schools, companies, and studios on the East Coast, and the work they do to facilitate recreational and professional circus training. You can find out about that on our blog. Now for shows. Here's a digital review of a show called Now You See, which was described on the SKH Circus School website as a performance-based act of freedom for the eyes of all, non-exclusive and inviting. The act is performed and co-created by the second-year Bachelor Circus students of Stockholm University of the Arts, SKH, and directed by Aideen Walsh. The interesting thing about this show was the second-year circus students used what they had, which was each other, a great production team, an innovative director in Aideen, and producer Meta Kluman of a limite agency. There are several things that set this live stream performance apart from the ones I've seen in the past year. The most notable was that it was almost cinematically shot and it immersed the viewer in the action. The second thing was the stellar production value of the show. The sound and images were very clear, visceral, and up close. In some ways, you could say now you see bridged this large gap that most live and online circus shows tend to ignore, this gulf between the audience and the performers. They did so pretty much by taking the viewer's experience into account. For that reason, and also because the students themselves have combined text, poetry, and their own view of the current climate to create something altogether unique, I will stop there because our guest a little later in the show will be director Aideen Walsh herself. And since you'll find the links to the show in the notes, I don't want to give you any spoilers. Now for some industry insights. On April 3rd, we celebrated Social Circus Day, a day set aside to recognize the amazing work of social circuses everywhere. On April 17th, we celebrated World Circus Day. Now we approach the 1st of May, the historical time of launch for Big Top Circus Tours, and also considered to be All Clowns Birthdays, according to Lore. It's pretty much with hopes in our hearts that this season will be one of restoration for the circus world. COVID vaccinations are rolling out across the globe, not as quickly as we wished, of course, but in some areas, COVID cases are receding, and restrictions are being lifted while shows and festivals are being tentatively announced. It's the same with job listings, which we have seen a slow but hopeful increase in as we enter spring and summer. Here are some of those jobs and events. And remember, if you have a circus job to list or a tour or show opening to announce, post it on Circus Talk and you'll be reaching your biggest fans and helping the circus industry to see its recovery unfold in real time. Now for jobs. Moment Factory of Montreal, Canada is seeking a creative director. The creative director will work closely with the producer and develop creative visions for each project. Applications are due by May 31st. Club Med, based in Quebec, Canada, is seeking a circus activities supervisor. Applicants must speak French and English and have circus experience. The candidate will organize, lead, and host events while being responsible for circus services. 
Applications due May 31st. American Cruise Line is seeking a trapeze duo with aerial skills. The application is due May 31st. Now for some events. I'm happy to announce that Creating Future Black Spaces is in full swing. Creating Future Black Spaces is a free course of workshops offered in collaboration with Stockholm University of the Arts and Circus Talk and facilitated by John Paul Zaccarini. John Paul describes Future Black Space as a creative space of recovery, discovery, and project artist development free from the white gaze. It is designed for people of color who operate within largely white fields, institutions, and offers them a chance through creative writing practices to reflect upon how this affects or troubles their work, study, through a combination of seminar, writing exercises, dialogues, in-group one-on-one, and mapping exercises, somatic movement practice. Although the course is currently underway and closed, John Paul Zaccarini plans to offer other installations, so please check in with us on Circus Talk if you're interested in joining a future, future black space. At Circomedia in Bristol, England, applications are still open for their multiple circus-based programs. They offer certificates in SDCC, BTEC, which I think they say BTEC, Foundation, a BA in circus, Vocation, and an MA program. If you aren't sure what differentiates all of these various certificates, don't stress, they offer a prospectus on their website which defines all of their offerings. On top of that, They recently offered an open house to describe the units of their one-year MA program in conjunction with Bath University, and it was hosted by program directors Dr. Bim Mason and Dr. Jonathan Priest, with a Q&A afterwards for prospective students. Applications for all programs are extended until June 1st. Another amazing thing that happened in April of 2021 is that a new organization formed in the United States of America called the American Circus Alliance. The American Circus Alliance is a service and advocacy organization that's dedicated to circus performance and production in the United States. And it began as sort of an informal task force responding to the COVID-19 crisis, but has since developed with a collective group of founders composed of circus artists, directors, educators, and producers. They all came together to face challenges brought on by the pandemic and then quickly broadened their mission to include a wide scope of issues facing the industry. So this eclectic group represents a national spectrum of like-minded individuals brought together to help unify and give a national voice to the needs of the American circus arts. You can check out an article about them in Circus Talk called American Circus Alliance Launches Nationwide. And now for our education segment with Lydia Nord. Hey everybody, welcome to another Education Spotlight. Auditions are still in full swing and things still look different this year because of COVID. Many auditions are either partly or fully online. If you're submitting an online video, editing your video well is going to be key. Make sure that you check your video before you submit it to make sure nothing got cut out or accidentally included. Also remember, Circus Talk has a lot of advice for circus students articles, so check those out. If you're still applying to schools, read Sierra Rhodes Nicholas's article on Circus Talk, Six Tips for Applying to Circus Schools. She gives some great tips, like while you're applying, you should remember to ask the school questions. It's way better to admit you're confused than accidentally miss a deadline or forget to submit a form. A source document can also be really useful for managing multiple applications. You're likely to be submitting something like a passport photo multiple times, so keep everything on hand for an easier application process. If you're trying to decide where to study circus, Ivy Blake has a great advice article on Circus Talk on just that. According to Ivy Blake, you should ask yourself questions like, 
what kind of reputation does this circus school have with my particular discipline? What level of guidance and artistic freedom am I looking for? And obviously enough, you need to think about what languages you speak. Some circus programs require you to speak a particular language. Are you willing to take classes on that language? As a student, self-marketing is going to be really important. Zoe Stasco gives great advice on self-marketing in her Circus Talk article. Now more than ever, your online presence is critical. Update it regularly. Also, meet people, make friends. Your peers and fellow students will turn into job opportunities sooner than you think. Check out her article, Five Tips for Self-Marketing as an Artist, for more. That's all for today. Stay tuned for graduation spotlights and more education updates next episode. Thanks for listening. Hello, my guest today is Aideen Walsh, a circus, dance, and theater performance artist with a BA in dance theater from Laban and an MA specializing in circus from Da. She has just finished up directing the show for second-year Bachelor of Circus students at the Circus School, formerly known as DOC, now called Stockholm University of the Arts, or SKH. The show was titled Now You See and was billed as a performance-based act of freedom. Welcome, Aideen, and congratulations on the show. Thank you very much, Kim. It's lovely to talk to you. Yeah. Can you speak to the idea of a performance-based act of freedom? Does that mean it was a wholly devised piece, or does that mean something else? Um, I would suggest that it's a lot to do with the context that we find ourselves in at the moment as, uh, globally it's to do with the restrictions given to us by pandemic. Um, the fact that when I was offered the job as directing this project, I had no choice other than to make a live stream. There was absolutely no option to include a live audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are lots of people around the world who've experienced live streams in the past year and it's not the most friendly medium to work with and I just really wanted to like break that and to find freedom in it to uh, try and get that sense of liveness across as well as an intimacy with the performers you know this this idea when we're in a space and we're watching a show and you can actually feel like almost like the sweat in the air or the heat from the bodies and the tension when somebody's about to do a trick things like this. Um, and I think it also, it ties into my own particular interest in politics, I guess you might as well call it, to do with things that are being brought in in quite uh, scarily synchronized ways across the world. For example, in the United States and also in the United Kingdom, the increase in police force, police powers, uh, the reactions against the protests for Black Lives Matter. Um, and all of these things tied into a way that I wanted to express freedom in this particular medium, because it's an unfortunate fact of living in Sweden that the we are operating within an almost entirely white community in the circus mm-hmm. world. And that is the case also with the students. Um, so I made a decision pretty early on that this was something that, although is something I'm very passionate about and very interested in at the moment we were looking very much at other problems in society um things that spread from gender to the people who are rejected by social structures um i also wanted to include a lot of poetry in the piece which i tried and also like different ways of connecting with each other 
in a time of a pandemic. Yeah, I love that. I love that there was a lot of text in this piece as well. Can I speak? And I, and I love the idea of the bringing in the politic. Um, one thing I'm thinking about, and I was going to ask you about with the camera, I know you kind of say that a live stream was in a way kind of a, a restriction or a hindrance in a way that you wanted to respond to. I, but I also see that by adding the camera, it added a whole layer of complexity to the show. Mm. Um, it was almost like the camera was another part of the performance. It was very cinematic. And you di- I did capture that feeling of like getting the sweat and the feelings of the artist because it was so close up. How mm. did that evolve? That was um, a decision I made from the very start. Um, to, like I had a very excellent producer called Mette. Um, and she has, she was an incredible help all through the process, partly because I'm not very good working with numbers. So she had the purse strings and however, she has a, a huge amount of experience with working with uh, performances as well. So I always you know, bounce ideas off her and things like this. Um, but when I was building the rehearsal schedule, I specified very early on, look, we need to have the technician, the lighting, um, and we also need to have the camera from day one that we go into the space. Mm-hmm. Like there was not one rehearsal in the whole two weeks leading up to the premiere. There was not one rehearsal that was not live streamed privately for me to watch. Um, so everything was created specifically for the camera's eye, because I also in conversation with the students, I was like, look, we can look at this as a negative thing, or we can say, okay, what, what would we never be allowed to do normally that we can now do that we have a camera? in the room like for example in the performance space there is no way that we would have been allowed to use the storage area where we put up the Chinese pole for example with a live audience Mm -hmm. um so we were kind of like breaking down the constraints that a live audience would have given us by then using the camera and Jonathan Morel who was on the camera is in fact a circus artist himself and he's an artist in his own right so he was a great person to collaborate on I had quite a lot of very, very specific ideas because when I'm creating a piece, I think in very cinematic images, um, which is also why I wanted to make the lighting design as well. But again, working with Tom Richmond, who is a professional lighting designer, um, was also much better than just having my own experience working as a lighting designer, which I've done in the past, but I'm not a professional. So having him on the team was like, okay, he could... um, uh, I was about I was about to swear he could uh, fact check <laughs> he could fact check my my dreams about what I wanted to do with the light and then it was a new experience for all three of us Jonathan Tom and I to then do that for a camera because when you light for an, a live audience the eye sees things very differently to a camera so right. we were working with lighting and camera shots all the way up until the premiere and that's so brilliant it sounds like then then the camera was really part of the whole rehearsal process so it, it was so the cameraman really yeah. was a performer in a sense yes that's amazing and it was mm-hmm. it was very much that the cameraman ended up having a choreography in a way um, of how mm-hmm. to view the performance because my core idea behind the project was to create something as close as possible to an immersive promenade performance so yeah, that the audience felt that. like they were taking a journey with us and sometimes the camera Sometimes the camera, for example, is a fellow performer. Sometimes the camera is an audience member. Sometimes the camera is a complete stranger in the room. We worked with all of these different um, factors. That's brilliant. You know, Aideen, I think in so many ways, the reach of the show can go further now 
than it would have if it were a live performance for local circus people and families. So do you think that there's something to this medium where live streaming or pre-recorded shows might become the norm for circus graduation shows, even post-pandemic? Um, potentially. I really think it depends on the artistic idea behind the show itself, because there are certain things that you you can't do. And also, I think it was a, I think it was a really good decision to work with it in an immersive way and take the audience on a journey but there are some sometimes when you're making art and that's not what you want to do with the audience there are mm-hmm. sometimes where, where you would like the audience to be sitting in a proscenium theater watching something on a stage or there are some times that you want to be able to like maybe make something that has a scent like a smell in the room so that the audience gets some sort of sensory feedback um so i do think it's something but at the same time like in the premiere we had uh, 220, 230 screens and then in the second night we had up to 170 and in the third night we had 200 and knowing that we, knowing from the audience themselves and people that we know there was often two people and up to sometimes 10 people watching on one screen mm-hmm. um, which and all over the world after each performance I was getting messages from people everywhere and it yeah. was, in that sense it's definitely a magical way to do it and you yeah. definitely re- reach more people, but it's it's not necessarily the best medium for every single artistic choice. You I have understand. to really make, you have to really decide, okay, this artistic medium offers me this, this, and this, therefore I'm going to really go for that because you can't fight with it. It doesn't work. How do you think, how did the students feel about it? Were they as nervous and excited as they would have been? Were the audience live in the room with them? I think on the week of the performance, definitely, because we also made the playbacks of every rehearsal available to them every evening. So um, generally what would happen is that um, I would watch things live. I would also have a screen in front of me. Then I would also go home and watch the playbacks again. Um, So Mm -hmm. they had like two feedback sessions every day, like one from the live experience and then one from me watching them in the evenings. And then they also had the access to it themselves every evening, which I think gave them a huge sense of ownership and responsibility. And I think by the time it came round on the premiere, I think they were extremely excited, but they were, they were just as nervous as I was at the beginning, because as I said, it's really not been a positive experience in a general way to watch live streams in the past year. Yes. Um, it's yeah, a very it's, difficult, but it's medium. evolving. And I think you all just evolved it a little bit with your presentation. So congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. Let, Last question, what would you say to all the circus students, especially the graduates this year, who are preparing their end-of-year circus class shows and thesis shows about working with the medium of film or video or live stream? Any advice for them? Uh, Firstly, don't fight with it. Um, And try the same as with almost everything else in life. Try not to think about what you don't have. Try and really run with what you can give in that particular medium. Um, remember the fact that, you know, no matter what you want to do, people will always make a story so you can make a choice. And perhaps this medium is quite suited to stories in a way. And also I would suggest doing what I've been doing as well, which is just like start to watch films, like watch all of the weirdest films you can find from all (laughs) over the world. There are incredible film artists out there doing incredible things with the camera And also watch live streams. Like there was an incredible live stream um, partly created by the the people who 
make punch drunk theater and it was called third day it was a um tv series streamed on hbo nordic and they had like a part of the tv series called spring and then there was one called autumn i think and then the summer one was basically a three day no what am i saying a 12 hour live stream nonstop. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. And Jude Law was the main character in this series. Um, and you can watch the playback, but um, that was also a really, because it was one of those things that I intended watching it live and then I forgot about it. It was back in October. And then one of the students brought it up in the discussion very early on in the process. And I was like, oh, that one. Yes, that's, I meant, I meant to watch that. And I went <laughs> home and I watched it all over a period of two days. And just doing stuff like that, can give you a really great insight into what what um, live streaming has the potential for and also really look into the other parts of what you're looking at when you look at a screen. I mean, one of the things we didn't get to work with but I really wanted to work with was binaural sound. Um, mm. And yes. this was something I really wanted to have in the space because then it's, it's intense. But I really wanted to have that and it just wasn't possible within the time period. But I would love to see a circus show that had been created for a live stream immersively using binaural sound like that would be game set and match <laughs> well sure then you have to tell the live stream audience to wear their headphones for the ultimate effect <laughs> exactly exactly and then you, uh, and then in one sense it's difficult but because then you have to have like eight screens instead of one screen but i think well, as long as your artistic vision is strong enough i think that's definitely a way to go um, yeah. to bring the performers into the room. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Aideen. And I know that you're off to your residency for six months in France, and I think you deserve that nice, peaceful break to work on your um, creative energy. And I hope you have a wonderful time, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thanks so much, Kim, and I can't wait to see you again in the future. I hope you're well, and take care of yourself. Great, and also big congratulations to your students. Oh, definitely. The whole team. Absolutely. Thank you. That's it for Circus in May and episode three of Press Pass Podcast with the Editor, your front row access to what's happening in the performance world brought to you by Circus Voices and Circus Talk. All of the circus news in your ear. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and consider taking a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can reach more people interested in circus and the performing arts. Also, we'd love to hear from you directly. Send your podcast-worthy news to news at circustalk.com. As always, if you have news, events, jobs, or more to share, post it on Circus Talk. 